Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. You know, the theme and the vision of our year this year is the theme of the year of the soul. And, you know, the Bible says in Genesis that man became a living soul. Not a dead soul, not a fractured soul, not a broken soul, not a bunch of electrical impulses and minerals, but a living, whole, blessed, energetic soul. And the Bible says that when God breathed, you know, the Hebrew literal word for that is a big breath, not a small puff. That is our origin, church. That is our history. That's where we've come from. And in a nutshell, that is what God has designed for our lives. You know, the Bible speaks a lot about the soul. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29, if you from there seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart and all of your soul. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. You know, the Bible often challenges us to bring leadership to our soul, especially when we're going through a challenging and a a difficult season. Judges chapter 5 and verse 21, right at the end, it says, March on my soul and be strong. 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 19 says, Now devote your heart and your soul to seeking the Lord your God. God promises to bring blessing into our soul. Psalm 23, verse 3 He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. You know, Jesus in the New Testament, in Matthew 16, verse 26, speaks about the soul. He said, what good would it be if someone gained the whole world and yet forfeited his soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for his soul? I don't think often we realize how valuable our soul is actually is. I love this last one in 3 John 1 verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Listen, the Word of God comes from a natural position because of who Jesus Christ is in your life and because you have given your life to Him. The natural position in life is that your soul can prosper. He makes this interesting statement. He says, let all things, including your health, follow your soul. In other words, the condition of your soul shapes every other area of your life. You know, many times we put money first or opportunity first or outside issues first. But but John says, let all the other things in your life reflect the condition of your soul. If your soul is healthy... If your soul is prosperous, if your soul is blessed, it would pour out of every other area of your life. You say, what is your soul? Well, the soul, according to the Word of God, you know, in Hebrews, the concept of the soul is mainly expressed and it's referring to the human being's vital life force. It's what we see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. In the Greek, the soul is expressed by the noun word psyche, and it refers to the inner self, the inner life, the person as a whole. That's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, that's why I tell you, don't worry about life. 
Whether you have enough food or drink or even enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Listen, you are more than what you possess on the outside, right? The soul is the natural life force that God has put in us that sustains a person. It is the center of our motion, our will, and our desire. And church, God created that part in us, and He is the best source to keep it healthy, whole, full of life and energy. I do believe in today's society, one of the biggest needs in our community today is inner wholeness. With all of our technology and all of our wealth and all of our progression as a society, there's such a fracturedness when it comes to people. You know, people suffer so much in their internal world. Anxiety, fears, concerns, stress, pressures, false self-perceptions, inaccurate interpretations when life goes wrong, false understanding about the way that God sees them, false understandings about the way other people see them, false understandings about where they are in life their beliefs about failure and success. Think about the idea of limits. We put so many limits on ourselves. You know, a limit in reality is just a thought. But that thought has the power to control what you think you can do. And all of us often in life, we live with false limits. I can't do that. I'm bound by that. I'm controlled by this. I will never reach my full potential. And it relates back to this idea of a living, healthy soul or a fractured, half-alive soul. A soul full of energy or a soul zapped of any motivation and inspiration. And only God can, as He did back in the book of Genesis, only God can breathe life into your soul. Notice that God created man, not in the wasteland, but in, in an environment where man could flourish and grow. You know, I do believe there's so much in this creation account that we can learn from in order to bring health to our souls. You know, each day of creation speaks about the potential of what God can actually do in our lives to bring health into our soul. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this and we're going to be talking about each day of creation, where we've come from and what God established and how we can learn from that. But let me give you a quick snapshot this morning as we launch in a Vision, Sun, uh, Vision Sunday. Right, day one speaks about the night and the day. I want you to notice that God didn't create the night. Night is an absence of light. But God uses the night. He names the night. He declares His authority over the night. He gives the night purpose. You know, when it was just chaos and nothingness, God comes and says, I will name this night. What a powerful idea. There is a purpose in your night. If you understand what God can do with your night, that it's not there to destroy you. It's not there to wipe you off. It's not there to fracture you on the inside. But there is a purpose in your night and that God has got his authority over your night. Let me tell you, it brings health to your soul. What can you expect to find in the night? Well, you can find rest. You can find a momentary pause in life. You can find a place where there is a division between this moment and the next moment. A new season that awaits you. The Bible says a joy cometh in the morning. There is no morning if there's not a night that precedes the morning. You will find God hidden. 
God hides himself in the night. The Bible often talks about that. Why? Because the night sharpens your experience with the Lord. You know, there have been many nights that I've found myself in that I've experienced a new revelation of God. God has revealed himself to me in a very, very powerful way. God created the day. God said the day is good. Actually, every day that God created, he said was good. There was not one day that God actually said that was a bad day. I missed it on that day. I got it wrong on that day. You need to understand this year that good things can come out of one day. Think about what you and I can do in a day, what we can change in the day. Don't treat today like any other day. He created the world in a limited number of days. It doesn't say on day one billion, God created the heavens and the earth. He created them in seven days. In a confined time span, there's a lot that you can achieve in the day. And I'd say this to you today in 2019, it is good for your soul to be productive in your day. It's not good for your soul to waste your days. It's not good for your soul to come to the end of the year and what did, what did this year actually really ever achieve? But when you own the day, when you get the most out of the day, that sense at the end of the day, it was a good day because I moved something, I shifted something, I learned something, something God did something in me on that day, it is good for the soul. The Bible says in day two that God separated the sky from the earth. He separated the waters of the earth and the water of the sky, the firmament, the space between the earth and the clouds. It literally means to spread out by hammering. He hammers out an atmosphere that is conducive to human survival. You know what? God can hammer out a wonderful atmosphere out of our lives that we can actually make us thrive and grown. But this is what I realized in life is that a healthy atmosphere produces a healthy soul. Not a critical atmosphere, not a negative atmosphere, not a discouraging atmosphere, but a healthy atmosphere can create a healthy soul. And I pray this year that in your homes, that you have happy homes, that you have healthy homes, that you have encouraging homes, that you have supportive homes, that you have challenging homes, not negative homes, not critical homes, not discouraging homes, but in the atmosphere of your home, you can expect the Holy Spirit to do something new and powerful Powerful. And if he did it in the earth, he can do it in your home. You know, years ago when we were going through a difficult season, we had a prophet come to town, not here in Melbourne, but back in Adelaide. And uh, I remember, I'll never forget, uh, you know, he gave us a word. And uh, he said to Frankie, he said, I see you at the kitchen just laughing, just laughing, that there is a, will be a new level of happiness. We as a family were going through a challenging season in our life. And uh, that season, there wasn't a lot of laughter. And I never, ever forget that word. And I have to say, since we've come here to Melbourne, we have laughed more than what we ever have in our whole life, you know. And even the other day, you know. You know, I must admit, as I get older, I get clumsier, I trip over things and spill things and things like that, you know. And we just have a great laugh about it. You know, just the fact that you can actually have a healthy, happy home, an atmosphere that just provides safety for your generation is incredibly powerful, you know. Day three speaks of the separation of the land and the sea and the creation of plants, water on the earth to make life habitable, water to nourish, water to sustain life, water from the heavens and water that came out of the ground. We need water. We need the rains. We need the fresh water that comes down from the mountains, water from the rivers, crystal clear, 
Water sustains. Water refreshes. Water sanitizes. Water washes clean. Water gets rid of the muck of the day. You know, what sustaining life things will you be engaged in in 2019? You know, is life just about pouring out, pouring out, giving out? There has to be a balance of pouring out, but at the same time, God coming and pouring back into your soul. Dry ground speaks of a solid foundation. On a ground, you can build something. On the ground, you can plant something. On the ground, you can establish something. We don't see cities built on water. We see cities on the ground. But you can't build a city without a water source nearby. If you want to build, you have to be refreshed. And church, I would say this to you today, it is good for your soul to know the balance of both. To know the balance of building, pouring out, but at the same time, God allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and pour back into your life. We see vegetation, production, seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. It speaks of things growing and moving forward and not staying stagnant, productive living, living that is producing something, all based out of this separation of the land and the sea. A healthy soul is a productive soul, but it's also a well-watered soul as well. Day four speaks about the sun, the moon. The stars are formed out of that, seasons and times, the rotation of the earth, the warmer months, the cooler months. You look to the stars for vision and expectation. The heavens for thousands of years brought guidance. All of this speak of placement, knowing where you are and knowing where you are going, knowing what season you are in. When I ask you today, do you know the seasons of your life? You know, as the tribes across Israel began to join David in 1 Chronicles 12, verse 21, the Bible begins to list the different tribes. And there was a group of men that stood out. The Bible says from Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. I love that. Men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. If you understand the time that you are in, you will know what to do. Is it a time to expand? Is it a time to consolidate? Is it a time to learn? Is it a time to increase understanding? Is it a time to find a solution to a problem? Is it a time to seize a new opportunity? Is it a time to forgive, let go, move on? Is it a time to be better at what you do so that new opportunity can open up? Is it a time to sharpen what God has given you? How about this one? Is it a time to increase your pool of relationships. You know, the wise men at the birth of Christ knew the times because their understanding of the heavens. It, it brings health to your soul to know the stage of life that you're in right now. Many people get discouraged in life, you know, when they just take a slither of their life and they look at what's happening right now and they can uh, really uh, lose their faith because, well, you know, God is not there or I haven't seen my breakthrough. But God wants to give you perspective this year. An understanding of where things are in life. You know, for me, I know personally, it's time to dig the well again, to go deeper with the Lord. I want more of Him. I'm not satisfied for where I've been right now, but I know there's something in God that I want to get, something fresh, something new. I understand my season. I understand my time. I know where God wants to take this house. Do you understand the seasons in your life? Where God is taking you right now, right? Day six. Oh, sorry, day five, the creatures of the air, uh, the creatures of the sea, the birds of the air. 
the environment is now sustaining and producing life? Is your environment sustaining and producing life? The Bible speaks about the sea creatures, the birds of the air. You know, the ocean is a powerful idea. On the surface, it can look so calm, like nothing is going on, a flat horizon with no activity. But beneath the surface, there's life and activity and beauty and wonder. You know, beneath the surface of your life, what is there? You know, we're so driven by the Instagram and how we look on the outside. And yet often beneath the surface, there's, there's barrenness and there's tears and there's struggles and there's weeping. But let me say this, when God breathes into your soul beneath the surface, he wants to bring creativity and beauty and wonder and vitality that is sustained by God. Day six, God creates the animals on the land and mankind. Let me read you this last bit. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. The livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move on the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Francis Schaeff here the great theologian that was born in the early 1900s said this in regarding to Christianity. He said, Christianity does not start with Jesus saves you from your sins. It starts in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. When the apostle Paul is addressing the audience of Greek philosophers in the city of Athens, he builds the argument that if you really want to know God, you have to begin in the created order that was established in Genesis, Acts 17. The God who made the world and everything in it, who is the Lord of heaven and earth. He's building an argument. He then goes on to link to the fact, for in him we live and move and we have our being. He even quotes some of their own prophets that say we are his offspring. In other words, we cannot survive without him. We cannot function to our full potential without his input and without his constant direction in our lives. I want you to notice that God created man at the end, not at the beginning. Creation didn't start with man. It started with God. We are not at the center of the universe God is. We often tell our children, you know, the whole world doesn't evolve around you, your desires, your wishes, your whinging, your complaining. That understanding is incredibly powerful in the development and the maturity of our children. It's the same with us. When you read about creation and God's plan for the world, you begin to realize that the story, the account of creation is not so much about God's plan for your life as it is about your life for the plan and purposes of God. There's a big difference between the two. I think many times we can take the whole thing of God has got a plan for my life too far, right? My plan is about understanding what God's plan is. My purpose, if I want to see fulfillment in life, is about understanding what God's purpose is for my life. We are in His world. He created the world. He owns it. He has the intellectual property over it and everything we're in it. And He placed us in His world to fulfill His plan 
and His purpose for humanity. God's purposes are central, not ours. And let me say this, when you understand that, it is incredibly empowering that it's not just about you, but you have been called in God's master plan to do something very powerful and something very unique for Him. You know, one of the great things that, one of the things that brings health to our souls, one of the big ones, is this understanding of where do I fit in the world? What is my purpose? Uh, who do we actually ultimately serve? Because we all serve someone. Is it ourselves? Is it our habits, the bad things that we would hide away from? Is it our selfish changing desires and the brokenness that they produce? Or do we serve someone greater, more perfect, more loving, more caring, more empowering than anything else that we could ever imagine? You know, that revelation of understanding who we serve is a powerful thing that sets emotion in our life that is absolutely profound. It's why, you know, I believe, church, the year of the soul is going to be powerful for many people. I believe that's going to be a year of soul winning for our church, to invite people all over Melbourne to come back to the God-shaped purpose for their life. Right? It doesn't just begin with Jesus saved you from your sins. It begins with understanding that God has designed you with a purpose. God is one who created this life force within you. Only he can continue to give it life and, and, and bring sustainability and, and, and abundance and blessing and favor. As a church, we are healthy. We have six, six campuses, you know, we're doing very well. Uh, but I pray that corporately we just don't see health. I pray that we see health in every single person's life that would call Faith Christian Church their home, you know. What's the point of a healthy Sunday meeting if people come to church broken, fractured, look great on the surface, but in, on the inside there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. I want to know that we're moving forward. I want to know some of the brokenness we've left behind. I want to know that God is some, doing something new and powerful in your life. That's one of the reasons why every year we do a 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, uh, you know, next Sunday, next Monday, we begin that. And uh, part of that is going to be having prayer meetings on a Sunday night after our Sunday night service. They'll finish around 7.30. I want to encourage you to come out and pray as a church. But I want us to just to give these out. I know the campus pastors have got these ready. If we can give these out as well, just to the people here in Dandenong as well. We want to give you this 21-day prayer and fasting devotional book. These 21 days is about you reflecting where you are in life and where God wants to take you in 2019. This is, about a year, this is about you reflecting on the atmospheres, the stuff that you want to shift in, the stuff that you want to grow in, the stuff that you may say is a soul-sucking thing that I need to change in my life. These 21 days is about you drawing closer to God and understanding that He's the one that can bring incredible vitality into your world. And you know, there are just some great things here. It talks about prayer. What is prayer? It talks about fasting. There's different fasts that you can do over these 21 days. You can do a complete fast. Make sure that you get, you know, a doctor to sign off on that. Uh, Daniel fast, partials fast, the soul fast. There's so many different types of fasts. You know, I know in my own life, when I have reserved consecrated moments to really go after the things of God, they have built a well in my life that I still see blessing in those things today, you know. And, uh, you know, having this as part of what you do as a Christian is incredibly 
powerful. So we pray over these next 21 days as we pray together as a church, not only for corporate things, but for things in your life as we uh, every Sunday night get together uh, starting on the 4th of March and just praying as a church for people's needs, praying that God will bring breakthrough, praying that God will bring deliverance. We are believing that this is going to be profound in people's life. Bible talks a lot about prayer. And one of my favorite ones is the one where Jesus gives a story and the illustration about prayer. He talks about the guy who's needing bread in the middle of the night. He has a friend who's coming and he needs to provide him something to eat. And he says his friend will not get up because of friendship, but because of his shameless audacity. You've heard me quote this passage many times before. Many Christians rely on their friendship with Jesus just thinking all of that is going to be okay. But God wants us to be deliberate and intentional about going after certain things and the things of God. Shameless audacity basically means this. I don't deserve it, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Think about the limits of the things that we think we deserve or we don't deserve. How about just saying, you know what, regardless of whether I think I don't deserve it, I'm going to pray for it, I'm going to believe it, I'm going to expect that God is going to do something powerful in my life today. Uh, the second thing that we're doing is that we're obviously wanting, wanting to really expand our reach when it comes to serving in the house of God. You know, as the church grows bigger, we need more people to rally together and begin to do the things that actually makes this church function. I want to encourage you to grab one of these at the end of the meeting, if you are wanting to be part of our serving team, there's so many different ways that you can serve in the life of the church, from the cafe to the creative team to the host team, uh, you know, to the catering team to the car parking team. There's so many different ways that you can actually serve. And so we've developed this booklet that really contains everything about our culture, our values, what we believe, the standard that we're looking for, so that you can be fully informed before you decide to join the team. You know, church, we have many different teams in many different campuses, but at the end of the day, there's one team. One team, one unity, one group of people that say, we want to put our hand to the plough, we want to begin to serve God in a very profound way in 2019. Next Sunday, after the morning meeting in all the campuses, we're going to be holding a join the team lunch, a free lunch that we want to put on for you. If you want to know more and the intricate details of joining a team, I want to encourage you to grab one of these, sign up for the lunch at the end of the meeting. It won't go for long, maybe half an hour after our morning service, and we're going to talk in detail about some of the things that you can get involved in. Isn't that fantastic? Um, you know, the structure of the church is just growing. And, uh, you know, I have to say that our campus pastors are just doing an absolutely outstanding job, you know. Can we just give it up for all of our <laughs> campus guys? I, I was preaching Casey last weekend, and Mike and Chuha are just doing a phenomenal job. And it was crazy. The second service, they had chairs all the way back into the foyer, you know. And it was just like this. And really, it's not a great building, you know. Uh, it's behind a, a um, petrol station. Car parking is shocking. Yeah, people are just coming from everywhere, you know. And we need to step them into the new facility that God has for their life, you know. Uh, you know, Pastor Katrina in Chadston, just doing a phenomenal job, her and the WAF. Uh, you know, it looks like they're probably going to go double services this year, uh, which is absolutely amazing. Um, she's also running our internship. You know, for many years I've had on my heart that we actually launch an internship. And she launched it a few weeks ago. And, you know, we've got our first interns. They're like our first fruits. You know, it is absolutely wonderful what God is doing with our interns. Let me say this. We have been called as a church not to be a blessing to ourselves, but to be a blessing to other churches and the nations of the earth, you know. And I understand God will bring people into our world that will stay in our world, but I also understand that God will bring people into our world that we will actually send out. 
okay? Um, you know, Pastor Chris and Ringwood, you know, we took on the Ringwood campus and, you know, last week they had nine new people just doing a phenomenal job in Ringwood. Let me say this, he runs our Bible school as well. Pastor Chris Sutton is an outstanding Bible teacher. And, you know, many times you don't, we don't go into great depth on a Sunday morning because we don't have the time. But if you want a deeper understanding of the Word of God, sign up with our Bible school. That'd be fantastic. Pastor Leighton in our Monash campus, we took that on late last year, and that is going really well, and we're just bringing health and vitality to that. He's also running our young families with Barry. I'm very excited about our whole young families area. I think last week, including the playgroup, they had over 512 kids in different parts of our church environment. Like... Absolutely amazing, you know, fantastic. Uh, in Limbrook, you know, Pastor Alex and Sarah are doing a phenomenal job in Limbrook. Uh, also, Pastor Alex is also our new general manager. Now, we, launched, we announced that to our members last year, but because our church has grown and, you know, God is doing some amazing things and stuff that we're doing in missions and structure, we really needed to reorganize the internal structures of our church. And so, for the first time in the history of this church, we've appointed a general manager. And can I just say... Pastor Alex is like the Ever Ready Bunny. No, the Duracell Bunny. That guy's got so much energy. And what he's doing in terms of just adding a whole other level of governance to our church is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, one of the desires that Franker and I want to see, even at a greater capacity, is to, raise, is to raise a lay pastoral teams in all of our campuses. And, you know, we started with Ray and Jan. And can I just say this? They're doing an absolutely outstanding job uh, here in our Danning on campus. And I really want to honour you guys, the amount of people that have come up to me and, well, they've been looked after, yep. You know, Ray saw me, visited me in hospital, Jan caught up with me. Uh, I want to say that this church is built on the collective effort of many people just serving behind the scenes. You know, I just believe that we're just going to raise hundreds of people just serving in this capacity. Um, you know, just uh, so many other people rising to the call to serve the house. You know, uh, all last year, uh, Nabil uh, was running a men's Bible study. He started again this year. They had over 50 men. Uh, it, if you're a man, you need to get along to this Bible study. This guy's knowledge of the Word of God is incredible, absolutely incredible. And so he runs a Bible study. We have the Bible school. We have the internship. There's so many other training opportunities in the life of the house. We've got so many talented people across this house, working together, building together to make this house function and grow, you know. I do believe it's a year of consolidation. I do believe it's a year of bringing strength and health to what we've got. You know, over the last few years, we've built buildings and we've taken on campuses. This is a year about bringing health into your world, health into your marriage, health into some of the things that you are... Church is going well, but what is the church without the people? I'm believing that you are going to rise to new levels of breakthrough in your own life with the Lord in 2019. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.